As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The training goes on. And on. And on. As day turns to night, the young ninja Naruto keeps going as he fully understands that to be the best, you must never let up. Little did he know that today would be the day that he is put to the ultimate test. For landing nearby, the alien Omni-Man has touched down on the planet with intentions of total suppression and domination. Flying into action, Naruto beelines straight to the fight. Omni-Man sees the ninja coming at him and thinks, if this is all this planet's got, this will go faster than I thought. Naruto flies into range and shouts, I can already tell why you're here. You have one chance to leave before things go bad for you. Believe it. <laughs> we'll see. Omni-Man mutters, and the continent they are hovering over is about to undergo some changes. It's Ninja versus Superhero. It's Orange Jumpsuit versus Stash. It's Naruto versus Omni-Man. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stekanis. You know, Ray, today's matchup is what every geek connoisseur of anime, comics, animation dream of. Naruto, one of the most popular characters in all of anime and manga, versus Omni-Man, one of my favorite characters from the Invincible comic book series, and now a great character in animation from the great Amazon series. This is my dream matchup. This is why I love the Who Would Win show. Uh, you know, again, I did the patented Who Would Win Google search just to see what was, you know, what people were saying about this match. Again, you'll never believe this. No one has ever brought up this match before. No one's ever put these two combatants together. This matchup seems not too natural, but really, really works well when you put the puzzle pieces together. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's battle? This is an interesting battle, and I will tell you why. First off, you have Omni-Man. Omni-Man being, of course, the hero of the Invincible series, the main character, the protagonist of the entire series, as far as I'm concerned. 
And what he is is a Superman-type character who hits you real hard, takes no damage, can fly into space, and do all the powerful Superman kind of stuff. On the other side, you have Naruto, one of anime's superstars. Hey, kids, we're doing an anime character this week. Hurrah, we've asked for it, and we are once again giving the people what they say they want. Now, Naruto is a whole other bag of tricks. He is a powerful character. Does he have the raw power of Omni-Man? I don't think he does, but does he have an array of powers and these chakras and these jitsus and all these tricks out there that can do any wonder number of things? Yes. So the question is, can he figure out a creative way in order to defeat Omni-Man before Omni-Man caves his face in? Yeah, I didn't listen to any of what you just said. So look, we have some important things to discuss, Ray. One of the fans of the show asked, you know, he's been campaigning, a lot of the fans have been campaigning actively for continued employment within the Who Would Win Empire. We've got a lot of open positions. It's still a thing. People are asking us all the time. And I got hit up by a fan on Twitter. I'm re- looking up right now. It's at excited to be here. And this person DM'd me and asked, what are the benefits offered if one were to be part of the Who Would Win Empire? Would we get good health benefits? What are the opportunities for career advancement? These are kind of weird questions. Last one, if we prove ourselves worthy, would we maybe get a small slice of the Who Would Win Empire? empire as a kingdom of our own to rule okay well at excited to be here these are all uh, great questions let's break these down ray what are some of the health benefits we offer members of the who would win empire there's health benefits that we <laughs> well you know dental there's uh, dental what else we have minions that will do your bidding where are any of these people james you're hoarding them that's a completely different story okay moving on to the second question you ray. just give me a root beer every few weeks james i didn't realize we had minions if you don't ask, you're not getting it. You I didn't read saying? my contract. Okay. Ray, what are the opportunities for career advancement within the Hoodwin Empire? Oh, sure. Well, you start out as a as a minion or a, a serf, if you will, and then... Gotcha. Okay, well, yeah, serf, you can stay uh, serving as, uh, Look, as one of Do you of really think minions. I'm going to give up a slice of my personal Who Would Win Empire? It's a root beer every five or six weeks or so. It's so little, I can't share. That's incredible. That's crazy. R- right now, I got to tell you that, Ray, I'm sorry you're getting underpaid. Go talk to HR. I'll put in a good word for you. We'll make sure that you get everything that's coming to you. Probably expect a raise of another root beer per week. Yeah, with that being said, would you ever think, because the Hoodwin Empire is such an expansive type of empire, would you ever give a slice of that to someone as their own kind of personal kingdom? Would that be something you'd No! You, you think I'm going to give something to anyone? James, you give them a piece of your minion pie, I'll be over here enjoying my bag of riches. I just got a root beer a week added to my contract. I'm going to have a pile of root beer soon enough, because I really don't like root beer that much. That's fair. You know what? I'm tripling your uh, root beers. You're going to get three root beers a week. I'll take I it. I said it. It's going to happen. I also mentioned I don't really care for root beer. That's a you problem. Now, here's the deal. Let's kind of continue with this because we have a great guest judge who's going to shed some light on the whole Hoodwin Empire itself, making their second appearance in the Hoodwin Show. It's the voice of Tim Drake from Young Justice, Red Hood in the Injustice video games. It's the one and only Cameron Bowen. Cameron, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Cameron, I checked out your IMDb page. You have done a lot. You have done a lot of great accomplishments. You lent your voice to so many great projects. Please tell our fans what you're up to these days. I'm trying to work my way into writing because I uh, I, I consume so much art that I, at this point, I can't hold it back anymore. You know, it's one of those things that I always kind of wanted to do, but now it's becoming something I got to do, you know, like. 
I got all these ideas that I, I need to get out. <laughs> so I've been spending a lot of time developing um, short, you know, one season stuff. A lot of like, uh, like audio plays and that kind of thing. Very it's a cool lot of we, fun. We've all signed NDAs. It is fun, right? We've all signed NDAs, so feel free to say whatever they are. Any ideas that you'd like to share or, or pitch our way or things you think are uh, surefire hits? Yeah, I got to keep it pretty close to the chest, but uh, I'm doing a lot of like sci-fi stuff because that what was what always kind of got me interested growing up was, you know, things on other worlds. And, you know, we it, there's an oversaturation in the market of, of the stuff that I used to watch as a kid now in the mainstream, right? Like, you know, I used to watch Batman and Superman and Justice League and none of my friends watched it. And now everybody loves it. So I got to find something new, you know? <laughs> that's just mine. That's fair. That's fair. So what, give me an example of what you, th- is there anything that's on right now that would say be a Cameron, uh, Cameron Bowen style show, just so that our, our fans can understand your writing style? Yeah. So there's this French Netflix show called Call My Agent that takes place uh, yep. in an agency. And it's, you know, I kind of love that idea, but taking it further and making it fantasy. Right. And so like the office mentality of an agency and the high, high paced atmosphere. But, you know, let's put it let's let's take it to space, baby. <laughs> a space agency. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. Space agency. Now, now, Cameron, the thing is, we, we you and I have talked offline quite a bit about the Who Would Win Empire. And we you know, you've been a great uh, consigliere, for lack of a better term, kind of, you know, advising us on what to do, power plays, how to take out other empires, what happened. I do what I can. But I've never even asked you this. I'm, I'm sorry about this, but I should have asked you this earlier. What would be your role, if you wanted one, within the Who Would, who would Win Empire? Entertainment specialist, like the, the, the jester, the royal jester, just sort of keeping your spirits up, you know? I don't want you getting bogged down too much. So I think that I would be best served sort of taking care of the guys, making sure that everyone's happy, keeping the, the good moods there. Not like an assistant per se, like the executive gesture. <laughs> the executive gesture. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Well, you know, I'm always in a good mood whenever you and I get to talk. Ray sometimes has a tendency to be, you know, a little upset, a little loud. Like, how would you how would you cheer him up in case he, you know, he won a battle he didn't think or you know, he lost a battle? How, how would you get Ray into good spirits? I mean, that that's a. That's a, a a huge task because I feel like his zero is sort of angry and um, not necessarily angry, but he's, he's intense, you know? And so, I don't know. I mean, we, we talk about games and, and sports and after you spend a good hour or two kind of knocking him down, keep, keep, you know, just needling a little bit with just a lot of information, uh, he falls right asleep, you know? That's true. That's true. Well, that's why the the root beer comes into play. That uh, that puts him to sleep. I'm not saying. Yeah, but you got to force him to drink it because he hates root beer. That's absolutely true. <laughs> okay, Ray, I got to tell you, you know, circling back to this matchup, I am both excited and very nervous because there's oh, a huge fandom. Oh yeah, there's a huge fandom behind Naruto, and I'm going to do my best to represent him. And uh, Omni Man, it's just a real shame, James. It's not going to be enough. I was really pulling for you in this match, but Omni Man is just too much of a force for you to even manage. Good luck next time. So with that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the world of anime, the Hokage who knows that two is company, three is a crowd, but a hundred is a fight, Naruto. And representing Image Comics, the Viltrumite that is 10% power, but 90% stash, Omniman. 
He is rocking the stash really well. I love it. Isn't that crazy? I mean, oh, fantastic. All right, well done as always, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, we've seen the Amazon version. We've seen the comic book version. What version of Omni-Man will you be using for today's matchup? Today, I will be using the comic book Invincible version of Omni-Man. There's just more to draw from from that than there is the cartoon, which, don't get me wrong, the animated series is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. And Naruto is also a thing, I guess. It is a thing. Okay, I think that's a good call on your part. I'll be using the uh, Marvel 616 version of Naruto. The heck you will. Uh, you stop uh, it. You stop it, you. I know, I know. I gotta be mean. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I think I'm actually gonna go with the manga version Ooh. of Naruto. Yeah, Two not the animated. Two printed versions? Look at us. I know. Crazy, right? We're, we're here trying to, you know, make the medium of the comic book, you know, continue to be a thing. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new merch all the time. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps... You can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, 
M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Omni-Man. Omni-Man, otherwise known as Nolan Grayson, is an alien Viltrumite living on Earth in the Invincible comic book series. He first appeared in Invincible number 1 in 2003 and was created by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker. Omni-Man was sent to Earth from the planet Viltrum to conquer it on behalf of his homeworld. Instead, he fell in love and had a son, Mark, who would grow up to become the title character of the series. Rediscovering his true purpose during the story, Omni-Man goes back and forth between hero and villain as the story progresses. As a Superman-type character, Omni-Man possesses the powers of flight, strength, speed, healing factor, and almost total invulnerability. Fun fact, the Invincible animated TV series just finished season one on Amazon Prime, with more confirmed to come. So of course, casting Omni-Man was going to be a toughie. For those that don't know, on the series Omni-Man is played by Oscar winner J.K. Simmons, who is better known to comic book fans as J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. But extra unknown is that many years ago, when this guy Ray worked in restaurants, I once waited on J.K. Simmons himself. And I will say, he's very nice, he's a very good tipper, and he forgot his wallet on the table when he left. So I had to chase him down and return it to him before he ran away too far, which I did. And that is Omni-Man. How did he uh, reward you by by returning his wallet? Uh, He sort of just stared at me and was like, oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't quite the hero's welcome I would have hoped for, (laughs) but, you know, I felt like I did good that day. That's good. That's a good deed. And how Sadly, rude is that? Uh, it was a long time ago. Uh, and, you know, the problem was uh, he tipped me in pictures of the Spider-Man. So it could have been, it could have gone better. <laughs> it is what it is. He took the pictures that he received from Peter Parker, gave them straight to you. Correct. That's uh, okay. Good. Good. All right. Well, here are the details for Naruto. Naruto is a Japanese manga and eventual anime series written and illustrated by Masashi Kishimoto with the first appearance in the weekly Shonen Jump magazine back in 1997. Naruto Uzumaki is a ninja from Konoha of the Uzumaki clan. On the day of his birth, due to his father's heroic doings, Naruto became the host of the nine-tailed demon fox. Such fate caused Naruto to be shunned and despised by most of his village throughout his early life. Naruto eventually became a full-fledged ninja after joining Team Kakashi with his newfound friends Sasuke and Sakura. All the while, Naruto worked hard towards his ultimate dream, becoming the village's leader, the Hokage. 
Although it took him many years, Naruto became not only a hero to the entire world, but the strongest ninja, being the main factor in winning the fourth great ninja war. Finally, he achieved his dream of a lifetime, becoming the seventh Hokage. And here's an interesting fact about Naruto. Did you know that the iconic hand signals, these are things that the, they used all the time. Back the way, by the way, when Naruto came out, do you guys remember kids doing the hand gestures, the jitsu and all that kind of stuff? Or is that just a me thing watching hand? Anyway. All right. So uh, <laughs> those hand signals are actually real things for ninjas. It's true. The hand signs a ninja uses to perform jutsu and focus their chakra is one of the most recognizable aspects of Naruto. But it wasn't just made up on the spot. The hand signs are called Kujikiri and were used as a form of meditation and a way to focus a ninja's mind and energy before they performed death-defying stunts. While the real-world shinobi couldn't tap into Naruto-style super abilities, the focus these hand signs brought them was said to allow them to perform James Gabsy-like feats of strength and speed that made them seem indeed superhuman. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Cameron, do you have any questions before we get started? No, you guys did a fantastic job explaining those characters. I also love the mustache on Omni Man, and I think it's his best feature. Oh, it um, absolutely is. Yeah, I thought about, I, I, I thought about shaving down so I would have a giant bushy mustache for today. Oof. But then I realized I'd have to live with that for at least a certain period further, and I didn't want to. Well, Ray, you got the silver fox on the sides thing going it's true. It's true. for you. I, I got to tell you, I see a lot of similarities between Omni Man and Race to Canis. It's true. <laughs> right? You, you don't really know what they're thinking, they're prone to violence. And, you're sure uh, they're lying. Th- you're sure they're lying. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they're not the star of their own shows. Okay. Good. So uh, I feel Ray, like I should. I feel like I should be taking offense by that, but it all adds up. Very cool. <laughs> all right, Ray. Let's have this Titanic battle. Let's get to it. Go ahead and hit us with point number one. Point number one for Omni Man. Let's just talk about the fact that he is a Viltrumite. This are people from the planet Viltrum. Now, the story of the Viltrumites is that they were they killed half of their entire population in order to you know survival of the fittest. This kind of Darwin esque thing where they said all the weak ones will end up getting killed if we just all fight each other till half of us or so are dead and therefore we know the strongest will survive so they took the strongest Viltrumites and they ended up sending them throughout the galaxy now in theory they sent these Viltrumites out to protect other planets that's the story that they told the planets when they showed up except the reality is the Viltrumites would show up on a planet usually just one of them they'd show up on the planet and say okay you guys got one of two options here you can either be subjugated to the planet Viltrum and become our, our witting servants, and we're going to take most of the resources off the planet, or you can fight us, we'll kill everybody on the planet, and then take 100% of the resources on the planet. Which one sounds better to you? And then they would make the appropriate choice based on the response. Now, when Omni-Man came on down to the planet Earth, he fell in love. He enjoyed humanity. He liked the feeling of being here, and he decided, nah, I'm not in a hurry. I have no real reason to do that until later when it kind of awakens back in him again and he remembers, oh, I got stuff to do. Now, your basic Viltrumite, why are they able to go to a planet and literally kill everyone on the planet? Well, they're Superman-like characters. Keep that in mind for this battle. Omni-Man has intense strength. He can smash buildings. He smashes people through buildings. There's a point when he punches Invincible so hard, he flies and flies and flies and flies and flies, hits a building, goes all the way through the building, out the other side like a bullet wound, (laughs) and then keeps on flying. He hits you is real, real hard. Does Naruto get hit by people this hard? I don't think he does. I don't think he's going to be quite ready for this level of intense violence. He also has been known to punch people through vehicles. 
He's been able to punch people or punch all the way through space stations, fly up into space, much like Tetsuo in the Akira movie did, fly up into space, fly right through a space station and blow it out. Oh, did I mention he could fly? Because he can fly. He can fly at extremely high speeds and also go into space, as I mentioned a moment ago. Durability. He got hit with a giant space laser. Space laser, a hammer of God from the Gears of War series type of weapon that came on down, hit straight on him, eradicated everything around him, but he was fine. Not a scratch on him. His clothes were just a little bit smoky, but you wouldn't have even known he got hit. You wouldn't even know he got hit when hit with a space laser, which is what allows him to fight his son, Invincible, who's another one of the strongest characters in this entire universe, and beat the bejesus out of him. When Invincible matches up against Omni-Man, Invincible, star of the show, gets his butt handed to him time and time and time again as Omni-Man tries to kick him into shape, basically, and get him ready to take part in the mission of taking over the Earth. Look, we've seen him punch a magma man in half with raw magma all over his arms, and he just shakes it off like it's mud. He's over thousands of years old because of a reduced aging process. So he's thousands of years old and has thousands of years of experience fighting in these battles and wars intergalactically under his belt. Naruto is a kid who grows up a little bit and becomes an adult with his own kid. He doesn't quite have nearly the breadth of experience of Omni-Man, who's been fighting creatures all over the universe, not just on one planet. And the last thing to leave here, Omni-Man, of course, also has enhanced senses. So it's not like Naruto's going to be able to pull anything over on this character who just has too much going on for him, for Naruto to have a chance in this battle. And that's my point number one. So here's the deal. Omni-Man is super powerful. He's a Superman type, but... He kind of falls short in certain ways. So let me ask you some questions. Omni-Man, just for the judge, he, he does not have heat vision, x-ray vision, cold breath, all of the accoutrement, if you will, that Superman has. Is that correct? He, he has a scaled back set of powers. While Superman has the normal stuff you think about with Superman, he also does, yes, have heat vision, cold breath, can spin the planet around and go back in time if you're really silly. Uh, but Omni-Man doesn't do those types of things. Got it. Um, I really appreciated the detail you gave into his fighting style. So according to you, Omni-Man likes to hit things. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Really? He's just, he's known for hitting things real, real hard. That was my next question. He likes to hit things hard. So he has two aspects of his fighting style. That's right. Now, we haven't Got seen it. him do a lot of, as James would appreciate, figure four leg locks or, or triangle chokes. You know why? Because when he punches you, his arm goes through your body. That's not a guy who needs to worry as much about technique when you can pull that move off. That's interesting because I do have a real, real interesting question about this as well. When the Viltrumites go to a planet, uh, you know, typically they take over. My understanding is they take over because there's not anyone there who can resist them. There's no one on their power level. Well, is that typically how they do it? Sometimes they try, and that's when the Viltrumites just have to kill everybody. Got it. But typically they go to places where they have the advantage and power and what have you. Right, that just makes sense. For when you're the most you know, powerful being in the universe... Yes, everywhere you go, they're not as powerful as you, James. I don't know what's so hard to understand about this. I, that's correct. Where I go, people are not as powerful as I am. Yeah, but we're talking about Omni-Man here. So let's go to my point number one. 
let's talk training because this is one of the areas you can take Omni Man. All joking aside, he's super powerful. He is super effective at what he does. Uh, he's no joke, obviously. But this is where Naruto kind of diverges from this, and this is where he's going to add to this. Now, keep in mind that Naruto goes through an evolution in his storyline. There's a lot to to Naruto. And we're going to start now at the baseline where he's a kid, because that's where most people kind of first got introduced to him. So when we first meet Naruto, he's a young boy. He'd actually failed three times at passing through the academy where he was training, but he never gave up and eventually passed. One of the reasons he failed so much was because he was thought to not have great control over his internal power, his chakra, if you will. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, with for those who are familiar with Dragon Ball and Goku, he uses his key to power up. Well, Naruto uses his chakra. Now, the reason why he didn't have great control over his internal chakra was because Naruto had so much of it. It was ridiculous. Remember at the beginning, I talked about how he was merged with this demon creature. So once he got control, he quickly became a legendary ninja and eventually got that rank of Hokage, which is that ultimate rank within his society. So he's got insane ninja fighting skills. Obviously, he's a master of fighting even at a young age. Well, at a young age, with all of this, he can now focus his chakra in such ways that it now has some incredible techniques that are kind of like powers, if you will. So some of them are the ability to transform into different people and objects in order to disguise himself. Literally, he can take on the image of anyone wearing whatever it is. He can make himself look like an object, a tree. That's for that ultimate camouflage because, you know, ninjas can hide anywhere. There could be one right behind you right now, Ray. We have no idea. Ah! Uh, I know. It's crazy. He can throw a technique called a Rasen Shuriken, which are very large and powerful wind-based throwing stars. And they're strong enough to take out these Godzilla-sized, supernatural, super-powered monsters. They can take out massive buildings. They can create large craters in the sides of mountains. It, it's crazy. He just, like, spins the wind around his hand. It's a massive wind shuriken, and he throws it, and he has a, what looks like an unlimited supply. He's got the ability to make what are called shadow clones. You talked about this earlier, Ray. He can make dozens of them as a kid. All of these are super powerful, and all of them have the same fighting ability and knowledge of, of Naruto, which is really, really cool. He's super fast, where he appears as a blur to most people. He's super durable, can tank energy attacks, fighting techniques for other super powerful beings. He can get hit from magical weapons or weapons used by supernatural beings, and he's fine. He's got a jitsu, which is really known as in Japanese as a technique that acts as a very fast healing factor. He can heal himself actually faster than Omni-Man can, which is interesting. So he's known even as a kid, in his least powerful form, he can get hit by some attack, some blast, whatever it is. If it knocks him to the ground, he uses this jitsu to heal himself, and he's back in the fight within seconds. And what makes Naruto really stand out is even at a young age, he's a master tactician. Now, of course, he got better as he got older, but even as a young age, he showed this ability to kind of understand how to fight almost like a young chess master, if you will. So facing a super powerful opponent in a random encounter, not a problem for him. He'll quickly formulate a strategy on the spot where it's stated within the manga he's typically about 10 steps ahead of his opponents. Again, that's him as a young kid. If he needs to create a distraction with the Shadow Clones while positioning himself in a strategic spot, you know, that's part of his plan, he'll easily be able to do that. And again, this is all at his starting point. As great as Omni-Man is, because he is awesome, using strategies and tactics like this really isn't his specialty. He is what I would call the ultimate hammer, and everything to him is a nail. The problem is Naruto is not really a nail, and even when he looks like a nail, he's hard to hit. 
Now, again, to be very clear, I'm not debating Naruto as a kid in this battle. However, it's kind of important to know what you know his base is and where he develops from to understand how he's going to beat Omni-Man. And that's my point number one. Some interesting things right there. Now, I have to admit, I did not watch the Naruto show when it came out. It was a little uh, uh, later on for me. It was just not in my viewing area. So I, I, I'm learning a little bit of Naruto through this battle and through my research that I did ahead of time. Now, one of the things I noticed about Naruto is that one of the powers that he seems to rely on a whole heck of a lot is get, getting bailed out by his friends when he's in a bad situation. Now, he's a character who kind of rides and dies with another character known as Sasuke. And one of the spots that I noticed that I thought was really impactful to me is when he fought a character named Zabuza, and that guy threw a whole bunch of these spiky needles at him, and basically, Naruto was going down. He was about to get absolutely trashed by these needles, and that was probably going to be it for the character, but his friend jumped in front of him in the way of the needles and was able to take that shot, allowing Naruto to kind of like get extra time to get his poop together so that way he could go on and, and continue on the battles and, and do a, a series of other things. So one of the things Naruto relies on a lot that I've seen is people fighting with him and helping him in bad spots, but against Omni-Man in a who-would-win battle, he will not have that in his favor. Absolutely correct, which is why, as he gets older, things change dramatically. So you're actually right in that point, but as he gets older and you know becomes an adult and what have you, things change. But he keeps that base of power and kind of grows from it. So with that being said, Cameron, you've heard points from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this battle so far? Ooh, wow. You know, I feel like the entire time... I was uh, I, I would I would get an idea of like wow that guy's strong oh and then you would say something about the other guy um, <clears throat> I got it I feel like Omni Man has the lead though right now just from pure strength and speed durability the guy's kind of uh, a force to be reckoned with I got to hear more about Naruto before I can really think that he could be able to handle himself I also like that point you made Ray about how Naruto kind of relies on his friends, whereas Omni-Man's very self-sufficient. That's um, a fair point. I, I have to agree. Omni-Man right now is thousands of years old in a fight with 12-year-old Naruto probably takes the win. So Luckily, that's old, not the version we're going with. How old would Omni-Man be in, like, Earth years? What are we thinking? Like, oh, 45, 50? Yeah, he has the appearance probably of somebody about the age of 45 or 50 years old because Viltrumite's age at a very slow rate. Uh, and yeah. it's sort of like, it sort of slows down uh, as, as they kind of go, as they kind of get older, it slows down even more. So they kind of, they age up like a normal person would. Their powers take into effect sometime in their mid-teenage years. And then that's when they start to age a lot slower and kind of roll it through. Gotcha. It, it's interesting. It's like Thor, right? As guardians are not immortal, they just really slowly, slowly age. So mm -hmm. they look in their 30s or 40s, but they're, they could be thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. All right. So uh, you're off to a strong start, Ray. I, th I thought you would be. Uh, so far, so good for you. But I got some tricks up my sleeve. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Omni-Man. Now, let's just talk about some of the beings and characters and creatures that he's absolutely destroyed in his tenure in the Invincible comics. As we've already established, look, he's exceptionally powerful character. He has all the powers, uh, generic powers of Superman, and that's exactly how to be thought. Look, we've seen him, in, in we've actually seen him take a little bit of a beating in the TV show, but if you've read the comic books, some of those fights go off 
and they tried to make it look a little closer than it was on the TV show for dramatic purposes. But in the comics, which is the one I'm, which is the version I'm debating, that is not a concern. So, in the very first episode of the TV show and early on in the comic book series, there is a group called the Guardians of the Globe. Now, that is essentially the Justice League. They're sort of a knockoff of the Justice League in DC Comics, and in and in merely seconds in the comic book. Omni-Man makes the decision, yes, I'm going to take over the planet. The biggest thing standing in my way is the Guardians of the Globe. So he calls them all together and then murders all of them in seconds before they really even have a chance to know what's going on. Now, that fight lasted longer in the TV show, but in the comic books, it lasted seconds and he took no damage whatsoever from this fight. So he beat characters who were the equivalent of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, Batman, the Martian Manhunter, and then there's a couple more that I couldn't quite define as easily, but one of them is also known as the Immortal because he can't really die. And he goes ahead and kills him anyway, at least for a certain period of time. Enough to win a who would win battle, that's for sure. So seven Justice League style characters get destroyed in seconds with no damage back to them. And we've already established this this Flash character, Red Rush, could like run from France to America. So like his speed feats have already been established leading up to this point, but Omni-Man moved so fast he destroyed him. He destroyed him. Not to mention the time Omni-Man got overwhelmed and captured and pulled through a portal by an alien race that has a different uh, time scale than we do. In the comic books, he got pulled through and enslaved by this large group of people. So he spent eight months losing his powers on the other side of this dimensional portal. What did he do? He was able to figure out how to get his powers back, and then he destroyed that entire alien empire over the course of seven days. Over the course of seven days, he eradicated a civilization. If he can go to an alien world, build his power level up, and eradicate an entire civilization in seven days, what's he going to do against Naruto? Naruto? doesn't even matter when you're split in half because (laughs) Omni-Man took your leg and took your arm and yanked your torso asunder. And then he went ahead and got a portal and got his way back in our world. Only a week had passed. Not just that. He fights gigantic kaiju style Godzilla monsters. We've seen him do it in the TV show. And of course we've seen him do it in the, in the comics as well. Not only does he fight giant kaiju monsters, he'll fight like 50 at once. It's not a problem. It might take him a little while, but these are wins. You're never concerned he's not going to pull off because he's gosh darn Omni-Man. And the last thing I want to leave you here with is he made a decision in the comics that he was going to side with the humans on Earth and side with his family. Very noble at the end of the day. Yes, he killed a lot of people along the way, so, eh, you know, to make an omelet. But he decides to go to the planet Viltrum, (laughs) which is a planet inhabited of people roughly as powerful as he is, right? He goes to that planet and destroys the planet Viltrum. If you can destroy the planet of the Superman... I'd like to believe you can beat a little kid in an orange jumpsuit. And that's my point number two. There's a lot of violent intent you have towards kids in orange jumpsuits. Do we need to explore that? You know, it goes back to my fourth grade. And no, we don't. In Got juvie? It. We don't talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> that's that's the uh, the extended edition for, for our fans. Some interesting stuff there. I, the immortal is also uh, was also Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, he did kind of have right. a Lincoln-like look to him, didn't he? Yeah, but he was in the comic book series. He was actually he's actually oh, he actually Abraham was Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, oh, I, totally, be... I totally, I totally vibe that right by. That's hilarious. Yeah, wow. I, I think that's gonna be revealed. In the, you know, spoilers. 
I think that's going to be revealed in the series as well. Yeah, you know, I loved um, – one of the reasons I love the series is because, Ray, to your point, they actually explored certain aspects of the comic book storyline and gave it a little bit more life. And I honestly, back and forth, I can't tell which one I like more anymore. I used to love the series, Look, but the, the you know, I don't know. I so, love both of them, James. And let me just say, talking about something that's going to happen deep, deep into the comics does not necessarily spoil a gosh darn thing when it comes to the TV show. Let me put it out there because we've seen on too many properties. Look at the Walking Dead comics and about how they take similar events, but then they always get shifted around and then different things happen. It's or both are Robert Kirkman properties. So I just want to put it out there before I get some weird anger hate coming from the people. Look, we're talking about a 20-year-old comic almost at this point. Get over it. You know, Ray, you're no stranger to social media and internet hate. And uh, even I have to admit, it's a little much when it's thrown your way. I mean, you got to give Ray a break here. He's he's trying his best, is what we're trying How to say. How dare you, James Gass? I know. Like, I can't handle the people. Pitchforks I... and torches, those are mere accoutrement of farmers. Yeah, no, I, I think you can handle the people, just not well. So quick question. When he got kidnapped, taken to that other dimension of the alien race with the antenna and what have you, who did the alien race have in terms of pure power that could match up uh, in some way, shape, or form against an Omni-Man once he got his powers back? Well, that's the whole thing is that he, they depowered him in order to abduct him, and they didn't think they were going to have to worry about that. The problem is he got him back. He did. But to answer that question, they didn't, if I'm not mistaken, have anyone who had a similar level of power or could deal with that level of power. Look, I said right he there. destroyed their civilization in seven days, James. That implies they didn't have much to stand up against him. I just need to clarify these points for our judge. Let me hit my point number two. Uh, again, we get it. Omni-Man is very powerful. He's fairly one-dimensional, though. That's the reality. He's strong, fast, can fly, move at super speed, super durable. He fights, you know, very well. He's he's more of like a trained brawler, if you will. I really don't see him using crazy, you know, multiple techniques, maneuvers, because most of the time he just doesn't have to. But when has Omni-Man had to face off against someone who's really well-trained, like a ninja who also has a lot of power? The answer is he hasn't, not something who can match him. So let's fast-forward a little bit in the Naruto series and the Naruto uh, you know, time frame, and now he's a grown man. And during all these years, when he's a 12-year-old to a grown man, he's gone through intense training, he's mastered mystical fighting styles, and now has incredibly powerful techniques and a lot of abilities. Now, keep in mind, one of the things about Omni-Man is, just like Superman, magic and the supernatural are going to affect him a lot more than a similar technique that's like an energy-based thing. So just like Superman has a susceptibility to magically-powered attacks, so does Omni-Man. That's a fairly, you know, certain... Uh, you know, assumption I'm making. Okay, so let's talk about Naruto's powers as an adult. Now, all of a sudden, he can fly, and he can fly at super speed. Look, I could go into how he got all of this. I don't have 10 weeks to explain it. Just trust me on this. He's got super speed that's much faster than it was before. In fact, he's so fast that it appears like he's teleporting from one spot to another. He's got a, uh, a level, like, you know, from Dragon Ball Z, Goku's got called Super Saiyan. This is called Sage Mode for, for Naruto. And after learning how to gather control all the uh, natural energy from mystical toads, that's a thing, he greatly enhances all of his physical abilities. He has what's called an enhanced danger sense. It's a, a type of precognition where he's able to track down enemies and he can easily avoid like super fast, like super speed attacks because he can sense them ahead of time. He knows where to move and all that kind of good stuff. He's also a master 
more frog stuff. He's a master of the frog kata fighting style. And this technique also enhances, on top of that, all of Naruto's uh, physical attacks. One of the things you can do with this, he can create a massive chakra around his uh, whole body. And what's cool is that he uses that to power himself up. But if he hits you, and let's say someone narrowly, you know, an anime when someone narrowly dodges, well, the problem is there's an energy field that comes off of Naruto when he's using the frog kata fighting style. And that energy field, if that touches you, that hurts you quite badly as well. So he can punch you and that hurts or he punches you with the energy field and the energy field touches you, that's going to hurt, does a lot of damage. You can go to another level of power by going to the nine tails chakra mode. By the way, you get used to all these terms. This transformation actually coats him like in this, this golden aura, uh, which is perfect as a ninja, right? To help camouflage wherever. And this further enhances his physical abilities. Now he's like super, beyond super strong and he can in, really manipulate his chakra to a crazy level. One of the ways he does that, he uses an energy blast technique called the Rasengan and he rotates the chakra in his hand at super speeds and creates a super powerful, it's almost like an Iron Man repulsor blast that he can shoot out rapid fire and just destroy you know crazy large things, shoots through mountains, the whole thing. Another one of his te- strong techniques you know, good thing I can read. Sage art, many ultra big ball spiraling cereal spheres. That's one of his things. So after creating dozens of shadow clones, Naruto has them each create a massive Rasengan or, or energy vortex, and he forms a massive wall of energy vortexes and shoots that out, destroys anything comes into. He can use the tail beast ball, which places a power within his hands that is described as a force of nature, a nature at his, uh, or a force of a natural disaster at his fingertips. So he can literally take, everything's about mountains in Naruto, by the way. So he can take out mountains with these energy blasts. Like I said, he's been really powered up. Here's another one, kids. He's got something called, really sorry about this, truth-seeking balls. And these are powerful spheres of chakra that he can take the shape of whatever weapon he wants. So these truth-seeking balls, he can turn them into a sword, a sphere, little daggers, and they are known as uh, god killers. They put them on par with the powers of God in terms of the destructive capability they have. And remember the whole shadow clone thing? Yeah, well, now he can create thousands of them that are much more powerful than the previous ones. So take everything he can do, clone it a thousand times, and that's what you have. The last one, he's got the Sage Art Super Tailed Beast Rasen Shuriken Technique. Say that five times fast, kids. Which is like taking all of his abilities and putting them together. It's like me when I go to Hometown Buffet and I just dump a lot of stuff into a bucket and just eat whatever's there. That's what he does with all of his powers. Puts them all together and shoots it as a massive assault, which is stated as something that no opponent can hope to guard against. It takes out powerful godlike creatures. I'll get into more of that later. Look, these are attacks that Naruto is doing against insanely powered opponents, right? And some of whom, again, are god level, which in anime and manga is a crazy big level. He won't have a problem using any of these against Omni-Man, and I don't think Omni-Man is expecting truth-seeking balls hitting him. That's my point number two. You know, I kind of feel like in the time it took James to make his point number two, I could have watched the entirety of Naruto end to end. Dear Lord, James. Ray, Sage Art, Super Tailed Beast, Ross and Shuriken Technique. I mean, those are words. Look, one of the things that I've seen about Naruto is he gets defeated by his friend Sasuke all the time. You know what happens when Omni-Man fights his best friend? He doesn't lose to him like Naruto does. He kills them in seconds, seven at a time. 
This is the difference between the two. One is just on a higher echelon than the other. And I don't care how many truth-seeking balls or frog kata that you try to throw at a character like Omni-Man. He's just going to stand there. He's either going to take it like he does when missiles get shot all over him. He makes one of two choices. He says, I'm just going to sit here and tank it because it's going to do nothing to me. Or I'm just going to zip, fly, zip out of the way because I don't feel like taking it. And I'm just going to have them all miss. That's exactly what's going to happen when any of this Naruto nonsense starts coming onto the battlefield is he's going to try to hit him with a whole bunch of stuff and Omni-Man's just going to take it or get out of the way and then hit Naruto real, real hard. I haven't heard an example of Naruto punching through someone's chest and that's the level of violence that it's going to take to bring down Omni-Man. There's a lot of beheadings, arms being ripped off, and blood and gore within Naruto, which is kind of weird because I thought it was a kid show. It's kind of not. There's a lot of it there. Again, I don't have 10 months to kind of go into everything they do, but it, the gore is there. That's not something that's out of Naruto's wheelhouse. With all that being said, we're now at the turning point. And Cameron, you've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. Now you got to tell us who's ahead in this battle and what does the other side have to do to, you know, eke out the win. Originally, Omni-Man had a... Pretty stiff lead, considering, uh, you know, his overall uh, battle readiness takes quite a lot to hurt him, but it's it's getting a little bit more neck and neck. I, I still have a hard time believing that he can be taken out and kind of be put to sleep, even if it's even if it's not killed. I, 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 I you know, it's, it's hard for me to believe that he would even be knocked down. That being said, you know, Naruto is more of a strategist, it seems, than like a you know, just like a bull. And so he's he is inching up as far as in the race. Um, but I still kind of got to give it to Omni-Man at this current juncture. <laughs> got it, got it. Interesting. So Omni-Man's ahead. And you need, to, if I'm not mistaken, you're saying you need a way for Naruto to kind of say, hey, here's how I'm going to put him away. Well, if he is going to create a weakness, and if that's going to be that he's going to just have to fight smarter because this guy hits so hard and... He's constantly hitting. I, at this point, I, I just haven't heard a way that he would do that. I realize he's got, uh, you know, stuff at his disposal, the camouflage and the the super speed. But um, if that's going to be the way, I, I I don't have a good imagination, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I, I highly doubt that. But I get the point is made. The point is made. All right, Ray. Well, you know, here's the deal. We're in a rare kind of situation where one of us, namely you, is actually well ahead. Can mm -hmm. you hold on to this lead? Of course let's I see, can. Well, let's see what you can do with your point number three. Point number three for Omni-Man. Look, I just called this point. How can he possibly lose? Because if you look at Omni-Man and then you look at what he brings to the table... I still, and I have to agree with our esteemed, very attractive judge, Cameron, in that I haven't heard anything at all that puts Naruto on the same planet as Omni-Man, much less puts him over the top. So let's talk about some of the things that I think will happen in this battle that I absolutely think will matter because Naruto has one big weakness. He has one big weakness that I have found. And that is self-doubt. He often doesn't think that he's able to get it done in a battle sequence, in a life sequence, quite frankly. And one of the ways that he feels that way is when he feels that he's let down his friends. 
and he's let down his friends an awful lot over the course of the Naruto series. How can Omni-Man use this to his advantage? Well, in a few different battles, Omni-Man has proved that he does not care about the people of Earth. He does not care about people other than Viltrumites. Even we saw it in the TV show where there was a big old battle where Omni-Man made a point as he's fighting his son, Invincible, that he's going to kill as many random people as he can along the way to show him how little they matter in the grand scheme of things. Kind of a jerk move, but it is what it is. Now, my question is, Naruto is very, very close with his friends. So if this fight starts spanning over a large area and Omni-Man tries to really like hit home when he sees Naruto wanting people around him to not die, what happens when Omni-Man goes down to a village, goes down to an academy, whatever the heck you find in this Naruto world, and he starts killing Naruto's friends right and left? And Naruto can't do anything to stop him. That's going to give Naruto pause. That's going to give Naruto doubt. And that's going to make Naruto feel like he's not enough to win this battle. And that's something that Omni-Man very well could do. We've seen him do it before. Not just that, Naruto for being this wide array of powers, is kind of a dum-dum sometimes. He often doesn't think to use the wide breadth of his powers in a battle sequence, often just trying to overwhelm and overpower his opponent, who he is stronger than. And if he tries that type of approach against Omni-Man, he's going to find out real quick that he is not more powerful than Omni-Man. And Omni-Man is going to put a fist through his ribcage and destroy him. That's just it. Omni-Man, one of the most powerful Viltrumites in existence. It could be argued very well that he's either the second or third, depending on how you look at it, Viltrumite in the entire universe, which puts him at a very, very high place. He's easily the most powerful person on Earth while he is on the planet. There are superheroes all over the planet that have a wide array of powers I could also mention. Look, the only one that's more powerful than him is a character named Thrag. And Thrag was, what's the best way to put this? He's essentially a galactic warlord of the Viltrumites. He's sort of the leader of all the people remaining on the planet Viltrum. And when the two of them meet in battle, Thrag takes it to Omni-Man. He is the one being that Omni-Man is able to find and do battle with who can bring him down. And that's the whole deal. He's a galactic warlord of a planet of Superman-style characters who's had thousands of years to prepare for this fight. Meanwhile, we have Naruto who's either a kid or a young man or a slightly less young man wearing an orange jumpsuit who can, I don't know, look like a tree and hit you with frog powers. When you look at the two like that, it is pretty simple to see why Omni-Man doesn't just beat Naruto. He destroys Naruto. He annihilates Naruto. Naruto will have a hard time even staying on a battlefield with somebody this rough. And that's, sadly, James, my point number three. You forgot the truth balls? I wouldn't say I forgot them. <laughs> okay. A couple of questions. You're talking about Naruto's self-confidence. That's kind of what was in play as a kid. That was part of his charm. He's had a long, long history, just as Omni-Man has within uh, the Invincible comic book series, where all that stuff has kind of been left behind. Those are life lessons. He's not that guy anymore. He's a very confident person. He's the Hakuge. He's the leader of the uh, uh, of his area. He's the ultimate in self-confidence. So I wouldn't say you that know, still I, is a plus. I would push back on that slightly in that the research that I did of this character, and I figured you would try to use the manga version uh, because, of course, you would. But the thing that I learned is 
he has this bravado about him, but oftentimes it's used to mask his self-doubt. So while he may still have outward confidence as an adult, that piece of I'm not good enough, trust me, for a lot of people in this world, that piece never goes away no matter how much success you have and no matter how much outwardly you pretend it does not. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the name of that means. Now, a uh, quick question. Where's Omni-Man's head these days? You know, he's, he's gone head? through some, yeah, he's gone through some really interesting personal changes through the series. You know, at first we meet him, he's all pro-Viltramite and do whatever I need to, to, you know, uh, you know, for the Viltramite empire, but things aren't that way anymore, are they? He's not that ruthless, especially when it comes to humanity. Things are, you know, just like Naruto's evolved, so has Omni-Man, is that correct? Omni-Man grows as a character, yes. That's a strange point to ask. No, it's interesting because the death-defining emotional content of Ultra of Omni-Man has changed because now he's pro-Earth. He's now pro-humanity. He's now pro-saving people. He's now kind of changed. I'm not saying that won't give him, like, that's going to cause him to not fight, but he's not going to fight the same way. That's really interesting well, to he's me. He's pro-his people. He's not necessarily pro-Naruto's people. That's actually a fair point. Okay, now... I did some research on my own. Let's talk about my point number three. And I've actually found three ways to beat Omni-Man. Three. And part of this is they're not so much weaknesses of Omni-Man. They're more opportunities or limitations or things that he hasn't done as well against that Naruto can actually use to his favor. So the first way is to use one or more giant Godzilla-sized monsters that are super powerful. Now, of course, in the comic book series and in the animated series, he has some issues with super large, super powerful Godzilla-sized kaijus. Speaking of toads, Naruto can summon skyscraper-sized monstrous toads that are actually expert fighters. I'm not joking. He forms a contract with the toads of Mount Miyoboku, and as a result, he can summon a variety of giant toads to aid him in battle who are fighting experts and actually use ninja-style weapons. Literally, different style of toads. One's got nunchucks, one's got double katanas, and they all have mystical, magical powers as well, on top of the fact they're skyscraper-sized toads and monsters. That's the first way to do it. Just summon those. They're going to start hammering down on Omni-Man. He's had issues with one, a whole army of them, going to be a big deal. Number two, the other way to beat him is to use an attack that works on someone more powerful than Omni-Man. Now, you might be saying, does that exist within the, the universe of Naruto? It absolutely does. So Naruto has something called the Unbreakable Ceiling Technique. He uses this against a character called Kaiguya, and Kaiguya is considered a god in terms of physical and energy-based powers. She was also the creator of Chakra, the creator of Ninjutsu, and she's indestructible and impossible to kill. That is the deal with her. On top of that, super powerful, a planet destroyer. Omni-Man, can he fly through a planet and destroy it? No, he can fly around it and take out a bunch of stuff and kill people, and he can do that with style. But breaking through a planet, don't think that's something he can do. Kaguya could do that. So Naruto used what was called the unbreakable ceiling technique, which actually trapped her in such a way where a moon was formed around her in this other dimension. And that moon, she was at the center of the moon that kind of formed her. And now at the moon, at the surface, there's a seal that can't be broken. She's literally trapped in there. The unkillable, indestructible god of chakra within the universe of uh, Naruto. Naruto did that. Now, the third way to actually beat Omni-Man is to actually physically beat him up and hit him a lot or hurt him physically. Now, we've seen this done a few times in the comic book series, and it takes someone who's insanely powerful. By the way, Naruto, Naruto 
is actually that powerful. He gets to God mode. There's something called Baryan mode. And in this form, he battles someone that's even more powerful than Kaiguya, who I just mentioned. It's Ichika, or Ishiki, Ashiki, sorry. And Ashiki is so powerful that he destroys everything you know, he comes in contact with. No one can touch him. He laughs at battle. So Naruto goes into Baryon mode and hits Naruto, uh, hits Ashiki so hard that the actual force of the blow, because of the chaotic godlike energy he's putting out, drains his life force. Now, put that in context here. A godlike being is having its life force drained, as well as being pummeled horribly and getting destroyed by Naruto in this new mode, because every time he hits, it's a godlike hit. That is a being who's more powerful than a planet destroyer, which, by the way, is more destroyer, more powerful than an Omni-Man. In the end, Naruto isn't that little kid we all love that Rei is referencing. He's the Hokage and protector of his realm. He rivals Goku from Dragon Ball Z in a lot of different ways, but all of his ways are mystical energy-based attacks. Again, mystical supernatural stuff works really well against characters like a Superman or Omni-Man. Ask yourself this. How would Omni-Man do against giant, mystically-powered monsters the size of Godzilla, who all have superpowers and use ninja weapons? How would we do against sealed, being sealed within a moon by some super-powerful magic technique? And how would you do against someone even more powerful than him that every time he got hit, his life force got drained? The answer is not well. That's why Naruto wins. And that's why in this battle, you're either Team James or you're just wrong. And that's my point number three. Now, you're trying to say some stuff right there. And look, Naruto definitely takes some power spikes when it gets a little bit later on. Now, one of the things I'll definitely push back at in this moment is you made a point earlier that I let pass, but then you brought it up again just now, and I'm not going to let it go through me a second time. And that's, oh, Superman has a weakness to magic, and Omni-Man is a is a Superman-like character, therefore he must have a weakness to magic. Well, from the parts that I've read and seen in the Invincible Universe, and maybe there's a gap in here somewhere, but I haven't seen a whole lot of people using that type of magic, and Naruto definitely is not using that type of magic. This is sort of chakra energy stuff, spiritual awakening kind of stuff, and energy blasts. This is not Merlin-style magic that Omni-Man probably wouldn't even, like, you're taking up a little bit too far in a limb to think that he some sort of grand weakness to magic and that Naruto has that to throw at him. I absolutely would push back on that a lot because I think once again, James, you are well overstating what your character can do. Now, at the end of the day, the way this battle is going to go is simple. The two of them are going to look at each other and Naruto's going to see Omni-Man and Omni-Man's going to see Naruto and Omni-Man's not going to be very impressed. Naruto's going to realize he's up against somebody pretty rough. He's going to be able to sense this, I'm sure, in some mystical anime way. Naruto then is going to split himself into a hundred different Naruto's, all of the same power level as Naruto, all equipped with different energy type weapons, and they're all going to launch it. They're all going to launch their powers all at Omni-Man at the same time, and a huge explosion's going to go off where Omni-Man is. And as the smoke clears, Omni-Man is just going to be standing right there, floating in air more likely, and he's just going to look at his shoulder, see absolutely nothing has happened, and he's going to go through all 100 Naruto's in a row, bing, 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 like the world's deadliest pinball game. And he is going to tear through a hundred orange jumpsuited people named Naruto. And one of them is going to be the right one. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought there was more. I, th- I like that storytelling. I think that's a great crossover. I think you missed the ending where Naruto goes into that godlike mode and then takes out Omni-Man. But with that being said, Cameron, you're you're at that point where you got to kind of give us a decision here. Take us through your process. Tell us who you think won. Did Omni-Man come through with his superpowered everything? Or was Naruto ever able to pull out a victory at the end? What is happening here? Take us through your process and tell us who wins this matchup. Well, I think it comes down to... Here, I just need something clarified, right? So you talked about Naruto's friends, but this is purely a battle between the two of them, yeah? Like That's correct. Mm-hmm. But then, Ray, if, if the if the friends can't be involved to help with the battle, then how could they be involved as like, you know, Omni-Man going down to the village to use them as, as bait, you know, to, to destroy them uh, to get to Naruto? If they can't be used to help, then how can they be used to You know, the way I pictured this battle actually going, and it kind of showed up a little bit in my story at the beginning, is I believe this battle would happen when Omni-Man goes to whatever planet Naruto's on and decides he's going to take it over, which means that Naruto's friends, while they won't be able to help because of the rules of who would win, would at least be around when he starts killing everyone on the planet. Okay. Well, got it. So they're, they're around, but they can't jump in. But they can be there to be victims. Is that correct? I think that sounds very fair. Because yes. it helps. Because it helps, Ray. <laughs> okay. Well, I did so, say it was fair. <laughs> Look, Omni Man is a very strong, durable guy. But I'm a sucker for the God mode. Mm-hmm. I don't know what beats that. You know, going back to the last time I was on, once you get the star power, you know. When you have access to all different kinds of stuff, whereas I kind of feel like Omni-Man, as strong as he is, is a little one-dimensional. He doesn't use a lot. He doesn't use weapons. He doesn't have a lot of tricks. I just feel like Naruto has too much going for him, strategy-wise, to where on a one-off fight, maybe if they played this game over and over and over again, Omni-Man might take it out of just brute force. But I think on a one-off, Naruto has too much at his disposal to lose this fight. I'm giving it to Naruto. What? Yeah. Yeah, you I love got it. me. I love I, it. I, I was really, I I was love really it. I on Omni-Man all the way, right up until I found out about all these this extra stuff. Listen, I I couldn't, when we, the Who Would Win production team announced this matchup, and they said, hey, Naruto versus Omni-Man, they said, hey, James, take Naruto. And I'm like, wait a second. You know, and I did the research. The only thing I was praying for was like, show me that he can do battlefield removal or something where he can lock up Omni-Man because I don't know if he can really, I know he can hurt Omni-Man, but take him out in a Who Would Win style matchup. I, I was like, uh-uh. And then luckily I found... You're right. A couple little things that worked against insanely god level mode characters. That's why I believed if he could pull this off and do these 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 techniques, he could actually beat Omni Man. With that being said, Omni Man's no joke. He's gonna definitely hurt Naruto as well. But that's but the I think thing, the right call was made. When you're fighting a guy that can like take you out within seconds just for pure force, being able to trap him somewhere while you kind of figure out what you're gonna do about that. Is a real strength, and again, it's 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 the uh, multi-dimensional aspect of Naruto that I think gives him the edge. And I don't, honestly, like I said, I, I had it being Omni Man for the first two rounds, just because it, pff, the dude is a beast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is. Was it the truth balls? Did that play a no, factor? Truth in balls this? didn't. The truth, no, balls? truth balls didn't get me at all. Okay, it made me uncomfortable. If anything, got it. Got it. That's fair. That's fair. I just, you know, so it's a fun thing. Ray, you're oddly quiet in all of this. What's going on right now? 
you know, an argument could have been made yeah. that Naruto has the ability to throw somebody into a portal, trapping them in a dimension from which he cannot escape. And it could also be added to that, that Omni-Man has shown a proclivity to being trapped inside a portal for a certain period of time and not being able to escape. And one could make that argument, but that's a terrible argument to make because it took an entire army to put Omni-Man in the portal, not just one kid with an orange jumpsuit on who can turn into a frog and turn into a tree. This is outrageous. This is, I am, I am picketing. I am, I am making a sign and I'm going to be picketing the who would win show offices for the next week. Look for me. I'm not going to do that because there's still a, a virus out there. Yeah, that's my point fair. is, yeah. my point is if, I left the house, I would be in the streets and I would be very upset right now. Cameron, why would you upset me like this? Ray, you yourself said that Naruto had only one weakness, self-doubt. That's not a weakness that, I mean, if that's his only weakness, how is he not winning this fight? If that's his only weakness, that's his only weakness. No, that's his only psychological weakness. He also has a weakness to getting punched through the sternum and out the other side. It's a pretty common weakness. A lot of Omni-Man's opponents But if have. he can create unlimited clones so that he can get the edge at some point while he's, while he's fighting with emotion, while uh, uh, Omni-Man is fighting with emotion, Naruto can think his way through it while he's going through all those different clones, while he's kind of trapped in the, in the moon. Well, you know, he's, you know, thinks he's a tree or whatever. I, I, Cameron, I, just, I know Naruto's you feel got... that you made the right decision here, but literally nothing you will say will convince me I'm wrong. You know what you it know is, why? Cameron? Because hashtag that. Ray is right. You know what? Here's the thing, Cameron. You're, you're bringing up something really important. That is that, again, you know, you've got, you say self-doubt, Naruto's changed, but maybe self-doubt's still there. Who knows? But Omni-Man has changed. Now he's more pro-Earth. He's more about, I love more Earth. Empathetic. I was wrong. I was changed by the Earth. Yeah, exactly. Now he's more sympathetic. He's more open. Like, he's not going to be fighting the same way. And that might be why, spoiler alert, something happens to him that I'm really sad happened to him in the comic book series. Just saying. He shaved the mustache. It's, 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 it's an abomination. You, you can't shave the Tom Selleck. You can't do it. You, you got to keep it. When it's like that, you got to keep it. You know, he was like the race to Canis of the Invincible Universe. I mean, he then, looks uh, he looks a lot like Jay Jonah Jameson, like the J.K. Simmons Jay Jonah Jameson. He's got the, the mustache. He's got the, the gray. He rages a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, And they sound kind of similar, you know, don't they? A little bit. Like the tonality <laughs> the, and like the, 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 the rhythm. I think you're right. There's something. And the vocal that. quality. They could be the same person from different. <laughs> yeah, vocal quality. Yeah. They could be the same person from like different. It's almost like how J. Jonah Jameson was the, sa- was the same J. Jonah Jameson in two different Spider-Man universes in the MCU. That is ridiculous. This yeah. could be a, I don't know. I know. It's crazy. I'm reaching. I'm reaching. Ray, uh, quick question. <laughs> Do you need a hug? Don't touch me, James. I wasn't offering. I'm just asking if you wanted to hug in general. There's a lot. Of, I could have someone drive by your place. And uh, there's and a service. Right. That's a bad idea, too. That Ray, sounds horrifying. It does. Ray, you, you really brought it. You, you know, part of it was trying to represent how Omni-Man could, could defeat Naruto. My biggest fear was that you were going to show how he had taken on an opponent similar to Naruto in some way, shape, or form. But I don't think that existed within the Invincible comic book series. Am I mistaken on that? Sadly, it does not. Got it. So that was the only thing because literally I was very nervous up until point number, actually the, the whole way through. You had only me on the ropes characters the very whole way through. To 
Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Batman, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, you know, but nobody exactly like the kid who can turn into a tree. In the the last thing I'll say about this, in the a, the animated series, it's uh, Darkwing, right? That um, there was the Batman equivalent. Yeah. In the animated series, he actually threw batarangs that hit Omni-Man in the face, and it actually staggered Omni-Man for a split second. Batarangs. Exploding batarangs. I thought, yep. well, if exploding batarangs can kind of stagger them, you know, stuff that affects a god within Naruto should probably do the trick. Yeah, it's a good thing I didn't use that version of the character. It's fair. That's fair. Cameron, again, <laughs> you came up with a great decision on the show. I, I, I love it when you come on. You come up with great, great methods to your madness. Please come back and be a judge anytime you want. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, eat some of Ray's food at his house when he invites you over. Tell everyone where they can find you online. It's at Cameron Bowen. On, on pretty much every social media that exists, that's my, it's just my name. I was able to get it. Who knew? Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Ray, please tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me sulking in a darkened room with a rocks glass, half empty, late at night by myself. Or if you go to Twitter, at Almighty Ray, I lost to a guy who turns into a tree. And he does frog kata. Don't rub it in, James. I'm already not happy with you. Hashtag truth balls. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Race Tacanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who would win? We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.